As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You just kind of really start to realize that with the small sacrifice that you can make, you can really envision your future and, and see the generational wealth that real estate can bring and help provide for you and your family. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today. Josh Mitchell, how you doing, Josh? I'm good, Joe. How are you today? I am doing well, and I'm glad to hear that. And a little bit about Josh. He's a real estate investor and invests alongside his wife. They own five units with another unit under contract. They used house hacking and cash out refinances to get started based in Chicago, Illinois. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, my wife and I, Sarah, have used many different techniques and styles to kind of get us started. We bought a condo out of school and moved into that. And with the focus of eventually renting that condo out, as we kind of got into that condo, we got married and used our wedding funds to actually purchase our first investment condo in the same building that we had our first condo in. The association then kind of switched the rules on us and allowed for rentals all throughout that complex. So that's when we kind of moved into the next phase and kind of started our investing journey there. Was that a decision that you both wanted to do where you invest the wedding funds into your first investment property? 
It took a little convincing on my end from uh, just a numbers perspective and getting my wife on board, but she's always the more analytical one of the both of us. So she definitely needed to see the numbers. And it was a blessing in disguise because it really made me kind of jump in and dive deep into every little thing and explain to her what I envisioned and what these funds could do for us moving forward. So for someone who has a significant other and is in a similar position where they have funds that they've either received or just saved, what would you say would be some specific things that you did that would be helpful for them? My wife and I both are along the same mindset of joining finances really kind of helped us stay on track and really focus and dive deep into our finances and see where we were spending money, where we could maybe cut back, and then falling into the money that we got from the wedding, which really obviously was a blessing from our family and friends that they were generous enough to do that. Really just kind of focusing on where that lump sum of money could be best used. We didn't want to use it on cars or things that would depreciate. We both kind of were in the same mindset of putting this money to use and really kind of using it to the best of our ability to create generational wealth and get us started on that journey towards financial freedom, which our goal has always been to retire by the age of 40. So that's kind of what pushed us to jump in and get started. What are the numbers on that first investment property? The numbers on that one, we bought that one for 85000 and rented it for 1400 Again, in a suburb of Chicago here, that is pretty much a going rate on a two-bed, two-bath condo in this area. But we have got in on that one, I think it was 2013, 14 range there. And since it's probably doubled in appreciation. So it was a good time to kind of get in and, and get into that complex. Yeah, that sounds like amazing. And now that it's doubled in value, have you done anything to capture some of that? Yeah, we actually financed both of those condos that we had. So we moved out of the one we were living in and sacrificed for a year. And we moved into a 500 square foot, one bedroom, one bath apartment with a dog. So newlywed in that small of a space, you can imagine kind of how that year went. But we did cash out refinance on both of those and were able to purchase our first single family home in the same city and kind of go to the next step with some of those funds that were available in those condos. When you take a look at the purchasing condos versus single family homes, what are some pros and cons that you see? The biggest con with any townhouse condo is going to be the association dues. They can really eat into that monthly profit that you see that you might see on a single family home. But I always kind of hesitate at that as well because you do have that management company in place. You have people that are at a drop of a hat are going to be there to fix certain things and be able to repair things that the HOA covers. You're not going to have the roof expenditures, for instance, that you would have at a single family house. So the accounting on the single family side might be a little bit more involved from your individual perspective, but the condos, some people shy away from them just because of those HOA dues and kind of having someone else maybe control or change those rules at any given time. So what gives you comfort given those potential disadvantages for condos? We've really kind of gotten to know a lot of the board members on the condo association, being that they just changed the rules to allow rentals. It was 2014. They're very, very new to doing that. So I think that that kind of gave us a little bit more comfort that they were going to at least give this a go for the foreseeable future. As long as they capped the complex at 15% rentals, 
So we actually got in at a great time with allowing those rentals of the two units that we had, but most of those are owner occupied. And we've actually built a good rapport with some of the neighbors as well to allow them to have a little bit of say or not say, but a little feedback on the renters are good and maybe keeping an extra eye on them and just kind of helping us be our eyes when we're not there all the time. On the first two properties, I know you've got more than that, so we'll get into that. But on the first two, what was a challenge that you came across and how'd you overcome it? Well, the first investment kind of we bought there, the tenant was moving their stuff in and we had a sewer backup on day one after closing. Oh, goodness gracious. So that was, <laughs> yeah. So that was lovely and had to go through insurance, getting a claim filed. They tore out all the carpet, cut the drywall two feet up from the floor, replaced all of that. So we're in a, a little bit of a difficult position from day one on that one, but we got it all resolved and got the tenant comfortably living in there now. She's been in there since we've had it. So we've had no turnover in that unit, which helps a lot with taking up some of those costs and not having any vacancies as well to go along with that. When you say sewer backup, it's one thing to say that, but can you describe exactly what happened? Yeah, there was a sewer backup. And again, I don't exactly know what drain it came backfilled into, but it was either the shower or the toilet. The sewer line was backed up and a lot of nasty stuff was in that unit that had to be mediated and taken out by ServPro who came in and did all that work for us. It was just kind of a nasty week or two to get all that resolved. And it doesn't smell very good. It's not very fun to be in and to be a part of, that's for sure. So this is your very first investment property that you and your wife put your wedding funds into. And you finally get a tenant and day one of them moving in, there's sewage running through the unit. What did your wife say about that? are we idiots for doing this? <laughs> That's pretty much what she said. So I had to do a lot of more convincing and tell her insurance is going to cover it. We'll be fine. We'll just kind of give her that comfort. But it was definitely something that we had a little apprehension and hesitation on going forward, but we've seen the benefits of it, getting it fixed and, and making sure that we stayed with the course there. And what was it like for you navigating the conversation with the resident as they're moving in day one and this is happening? Yeah, we really just tried to go above and beyond for them to give them everything they needed. Luckily, their lease on the apartment that they were at and live, currently living at wasn't up yet. So they had a place to go just for those couple days while we were getting things fixed. But we tried to go above and beyond and help them. We offered to help move anything that they needed for the time being back into the apartment for them. We tried to make sure that they were comfortable. And if they needed anything, it was pretty much all hands on deck with anything we could do to keep them happy and, and just assure them that everything was going to get fixed correctly and, and make it a happy place for them to live. Those are the first two units. Now let's talk about the next one. So then we jumped into our first single family and wouldn't you know it, week one, we had a little water backup in that one as well. So we had no sub pump at that single family, which that's kind of one of those learning things that we look for now at our places that we purchase. But this one did not have a sump pump. And of course, we got a torrential downpour and had a little water backup into that specific residence. But again, had to get it removed and dried out. We actually did install a sump pump at that residence to never have that problem, hopefully, knock on wood, ever happen again to us. 
but again, had to go through pretty much the same thing on that one as well, which is coincidental. I have to guess if you want to call it. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We won't say you're cursed quite yet, but we'll wait Not, to hear yeah. on future properties. <laughs> Yeah, those are our two horror stories, but we pushed through and kept, like I said, stayed on the course and kept going here. And what are the numbers on that third property? We bought that one for two thirty, and it rents for twenty one twenty five right now a month. So cash flowing roughly just over a five hundred a month after expenses and everything are paid. So that one has been a very good one for us and has appreciated as well to roughly about 315 320 in value. What about the next deal? So the next one we jumped into, we went back to the same condo building, if you believe it or not, <laughs> and bought another condo in that same building, this time on the second floor. So we were trying to forward think and think about any water down flowing to the first floor, like the first unit had some sewer backup problem, but went back to that condo and got one on the second floor this time. And it's been just as good, if not better than the other ones with no problem to this day, at least. And you have five, right? So we got one more. Yeah, we got one more. It's a, a townhouse out a little bit further away, still in the same town here. It's on the south side of town, but I have that one as well. Just bought that one for 150, I think is what we paid on that one and got that rented at that 1% rule of 1550. How are you finding these properties? I'll be specific. How did you find the fifth one? Actually, all of these properties have come off the MLS. So we actually have a great realtor that we work with. She's done all of our purchases here for us, but she's awesome at sending us usually leads that are about to come on the MLS to kind of give us that first glance which has actually helped us build rapport with other realtors in the area as well. They send our realtors some leads and, and ask if we want to go look at the properties before they even put it on the listings. And it's been awesome to kind of have that and maybe have first crack at making that offer to a seller. And the seller always feels good when they can get their properties sold before it even is listed for anybody to come look at. So it gives us a little bit of negotiating power and, and helps us get that started and, and get the ball rolling on making an offer. With any of the deals, pick any of the five, was there any major negotiating between purchase price or terms? I'm trying to think if there was any real negotiation. We did have on the first single family we bought, it was listed a little bit higher than what we were able to purchase it for. The only thing that kind of gave us that leverage was, again, getting in before it went on the market. But this property in itself had a converted garage. They had an in-law suite that they weren't going to convert back for us. So we kind of gave them a little bit lower offer and just kind of justified it in the sense that it was the only house in the block. And within a five mile radius, actually our appraiser had a little bit difficult time finding comps just because it didn't have the garage like the rest of the houses did. So again, we kind of took that into account and, and gave them a little bit lower offer than maybe what they had it listed for. And do you remember the numbers? I think they had it listed for 249.9. And again, I know that it's a big difference there, but it did need a little bit of updating, nothing huge, all cosmetic kind of stuff. But we got it, like I said, for 230 So I feel like that was a good negotiation and got it at a good price for what they had it listed at. you have anything under contract that didn't happen? We have not, actually. We've been lucky that everything we've offered on has happened. So I have actually just started sending letters to multifamily owners 
and just kind of researching them through the tax portals and, and through a title rep. And I've just started sending letters and actually just got my first rejection letter. So I'm kind of proud of that, actually. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I know that what that's is, kind of the next the, step, right? What did they say? Hey, we got your letter. We're not interested in selling. Please don't contact us ever again. So <laughs> a little slap in the face, but nothing we can't bounce back from. And I plan on maybe trying again in a year or two and seeing where they're at and trying to overcome any objections or maybe their circumstances change, right? What's been something that you thought would be easier than what it actually is? I think that I thought it would probably be easier to find good, reliable tenants. Luckily, we're in an area that tenants are usually very, very good. It's very competitive in our area, though. There are a couple complexes that allow people to get in for maybe a little bit cheaper prices than what we have. But we feel like our unit, we shoot for the B plus to A properties. So we're, we're willing to pay a little bit more premium for those properties and kind of comes with the territory of, of trying to find better tenants as well, though. So it kind of works hand in hand. And, and we want to make sure that we get the best people in our properties. We're always willing to maybe wait another month or two to find that right person. And I guess that's been one of the bigger challenges that we've faced. What's been something that's easier that you thought it would be a little bit harder? I think that the managing of it, I do all the managing myself of the properties. So I found that that's been very, very smooth. Obviously, there's things that come up. There's things that happen. For instance, all the things we discussed previously. But other than that, the renters pay on time. As long as you keep your properties and keep things organized and well-documented with everything, that process has been very, very smooth. And we're more than happy that we've kind of chosen this road to go down. Based on your experience, what's the best real estate investing advice ever? My advice would be just to make that first sacrifice to get the first property. We sacrificed living in a nice condo down to a 500 square foot apartment, sacrificed our wedding funds to get started. I think once you start and get that first property, as you probably know, Joe, you get the bug, right? You get the real estate bug and you start looking for the next property and the next property and you start to see the benefits from cash flow standpoint versus tax advantages. And you just kind of really start to realize that with the small sacrifice that you can make, you can really envision your future and, and see the generational wealth that real estate can bring and help provide for you and your family. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Let's do it. First quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever book you've recently read? I got to go with the cop-out answer. Rich Dad, Poor Dad has been the life changer for me. That's what got me kind of started and going here. Best ever deal you've done so far? I'd have to say that it's going to be our single family, regardless of the water 
backup and stuff. I mean, 500. <laughs> was it really and, water and backup? It was really water oh, backup. Yeah, water. on the, the first, yeah, I'm getting the mix up with the condo. <laughs> yeah, so that single family one, that $500 a month in our pocket, and we've had no issues, and it's been a great property for us to this point. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction we haven't talked about already? Well, the only mistake I feel like that we've made on the transaction side of things is my wife travels for work a lot here throughout the year, and we've had to do a couple power of attorneys and didn't get that signed one day before closing. So we had to scramble because the title company needed the original and they needed a bunch of different things. So we actually had to push back closing a day or two on one of the properties. But that was pretty much the only hang up that we've had to this point. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? I'm a huge athletics freak. I played in college in the suburbs here in Chicago, but I've coached at the college level and actually I'm coaching at the high school football level this coming season. So I'm all about working with that age group, any friends and family that want to talk real estate. I'm always pushing them to try to get involved and try to get their feet wet and love just discussing the advantages of doing that. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? I'm on any social media that you want to reach out to me. Josh Mitchell is pretty much my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything. I'm on Bigger Pockets. I'm everywhere that you can be found in real estate. I'm, I'm probably a member in that group. So if you can find me, I'm sure I'm there somewhere. Josh, thanks for being on the show, talking about each of your five properties, talking about some challenges. I mean, day one of your first investment property, thought process, how you handled it, how you overcame it, and now you're much farther along and have bought many more properties after that. And the thought process you have when you're buying a property and the numbers that you look at. So thanks for being on the show, Josh. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks so much. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.